Today's episode is brought to you by Fly Sheridan, operated by SkyWest Airlines. Save time, fly local, fly Sheridan. They have a newly remodeled terminal and construction for additional parking underway. Sheridan is quickly becoming one of the busiest airports in the region. Book your direct flight to Denver today via united.com. Fly Sheridan. Glenn and we're live too. So if, um, if we get anybody uh, commenting or anything, we'll see if we can get some, uh, sure. Get some questions. So, um, thanks for taking the time for a Friday afternoon. I know you, uh, you were, we were just saying off air that you've had a busy, uh, busy 2021. And I imagine 2022 is going to be, uh, even busier for you. So, um, I appreciate you sitting back down with us and talking about Wyoming and energy. You bet. It's uh, great to be back, Aaron. I really enjoyed the first time, first round we went through this, um, whenever it was, a year ago already, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been a, and it's been an interesting year with lots of things going on, so it's good to be back chatting about energy. So, yeah, let's have, let's have that. And then, um, excuse the casual look, right? We had a little winter storm. Uh, I had to work from home, so... And it's Friday afternoon anyway, yeah. so you're lucky I don't have a beer in front of you. I can guarantee this is just the only water. It's water. We're we're not a PG uh, PG show, so if you were drinking a beer, that's okay. Um, we used to have some whiskey in our studio in our old place, so that's that's perfectly fine. So, um, you know, I, I want to start right off the bat. The last time you were on, you know, two things we talked about that I think kind of are coming to fruition a little bit in, in 2022 is, you know, infrastructure, you know, how can Wyoming better its infrastructure to, to, uh, export energy. Um, and then of course, uh, you know, we kind of hit, hit on uh, nuclear power. Um, you know, I, um, I'm trying to recall, I'm pretty sure we've got kind of some big infrastructure, I don't, I don't want to say projects. I don't know if they're finalized, but we've got some, some good ideas kind of rolling right now. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on the infrastructure side of it. Yeah. So yeah, the, the answer is you're right. There's a massive amount of work going on. Um, and you know, maybe if I back up and give it, I can't remember if we talked about this last time, Aaron or not, but we, we spent a lot of time the end of last year, end of 2020, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of my, the, the work that I had to do getting started here was to build this, the energy strategy, right? Which we talked about at the time was uh, net zero and CCUS and hydrogen and things like that. And that got rolled out in the early half, early part of 2021. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's been, it's been interesting, especially we started traveling in the second half of last year, going to different conferences and, and other things. That um, it is, it's uh, Wyoming's being being watched, not you know, not creepy way, but it's being watched in terms of how uh, a very traditional energy um, economy uh, that is that characterizes the energy economy of Wyoming has taken a position to try and transform itself in a way that uh, you know continues to stay um, relevant and sustainable in the in the future in a future that's going to be defined by uh, demand for increasing demand for low emissions energy <clears throat> so so that's been interesting to watch that and if you look at many of the most of the development uh, potential in, in Wyoming currently or not potential the the bulk of the development projects that are getting kicked around they they all seem to associate with that transformative view so there's not there's there's certainly the you know the traditional drilling programs that are happening the powder river basin and elsewhere for example and uh ongoing developments of natural gas facility uh, um, fields elsewhere and things like that uh but all of the 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 green growth the green shoots uh, that are coming through typically fall on this sort of transformative vision right so which is really exciting so there are um there are several, um, well, I can tell you there are, we, let's start with the, the three big initiatives, right? First yeah. of all, CCUS. 
We just closed. In fact, we have our um, approval session next week on the CCUS uh, request for proposals that was appropriated to us uh, during the last session. We had we were given or given appropriated yeah. uh, ten million dollars <laughs> from the legislature to incentivize CCUS build out. And, and, and real quick, for anyone that doesn't know what that is, that's that's uh, so the legislature in the uh, during the session earlier this year, they they appropriated ten million dollars uh, from the LISRA, the long term um, the the reserve account, right, to support carbon capture, utilization, and storage build out within the state. Yeah, carbon and capture. It yep. pretty broad. It was not just capture; it was also sequestration. There were other things there, and we just closed that request for proposals. Uh, we closed it a while ago. We've gone through the selection process and we have the approval system, uh, mechanism next week week and we received 17 proposals to that RFP and everything from uh, there were multiple sequestration hubs so the concept of having commercially developed sequestration facilities in the state there were um, traditional you know amine based post-combustion capture on thermal plants there was there were new uh, there was post-combustion projects there were some very innovative innovative um, let's say non-traditional CCUS projects as well. And the total you know, project book was something in the order of three to four hundred million dollars of, of projects under development just with that context. Right? Awesome. So it's a it's a massive amount of interest and, and momentum in that space. And it's very exciting to be aware of it and, and following things. Uh, I just wish some of them would make big announcement. And I think that's going to happen soon. There, there will be some big announcements. Good. Um, then there was hydrogen, and we had a hydrogen uh, request for proposals out earlier this year. We have uh, funded two of those. One is a uh, a, co um, a project with Black Hills in the Cheyenne region to co-fire one of their gas turbines with hydrogen. Okay. Uh, another one is with Williams um, Williams companies in the southwest of Wyoming to do uh, to test their export capabilities and in various other aspects associated with hydrogen development out there. Uh, so there's a lot of build out there, way. Now you talk about infrastructure. Uh, the there's you, let's talk about specifics, right? There's the infrastructure bill, the bipartisan whatever it is, bipartisan infrastructure. Thing, Majiggy. Yeah, whatever uh, it's called now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever it's called. Uh, you know, one point two gazillion dollars when I right. and I think, you know, it's one point yeah, one point two trillion, I think, yeah. right at DC. And um if you if you pay close attention to that bill, there are literally dozens of programs <clears throat> that are coming out that will be um that'll be will be prime for Wyoming to go after. Everything from uh, large uh, pilot scale carbon capture utilization and storage projects to deployment scale carbon capture utilization and storage projects. There are uh, direct air capture projects. Um, there's a, There are hydrogen hubs that have been developed. Uh, and the list just goes on and on and on. And that's, that's only the in, in energy industry. That is That doesn't count for all the other infrastructure pieces in there. So uh, in many of them are... Many, a lot of those programs are written in the context of, a, again, that transformative vision, right? Not just building out the same old thing, but how do you take energy to the, to the future? Right. So that is uh, you know, perfectly set up, really, for, for alignment with the Wyoming energy strategy. And we're, we're doing the best we can simply to hold on at the moment because uh, we don't have the, the bandwidth even to follow what's coming out of DC currently. So we're going to... We're going to hire grant writers and everything else so that we can do it. Um, so that is where it's all coming together. Tons of effort there, and and it's a and it's a massive opportunity. Yeah. Um, you know, somebody said it was lots of the generation opportunity, uh, and then it, they were corrected and told it was no, it's more like a once in a once every Haley's comet sort of <laughs> <laughs> opportunity. So you know, it's 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 huge. It's enormous, and it really can. It has the potential to transform Wyoming entirely and in terms of its industrial base. Then the third piece is nuclear. Yeah. And mm. when we were speaking about it earlier, Aaron, uh, it was advanced nuclear reactors were in uh, the energy strategy, but they certainly didn't have a priority. Uh, there certainly wasn't an initiative about it because there was no um, obvious sort of opportunity there. There was 
it was more of a strategic thing that, yeah, this, this would make sense if it happened, but we were not expending a lot of effort on it because we had other things to do. Right. Then, uh, as you know, um, Terra Power came out with uh, the partnership with Pacificor and DOE to build um, whatever it is, $4 billion uh, test reactor, advanced reactor system out. Um, at the time, it was somewhere in Wyoming. It has since been announced that it's in camera and uh, associated with the Norton power station. Uh, and that elevated the priority of that uh, opportunity enormously for us. We we cannot let that one go by. So that is now the third initiative at the state level, at the energy authority level of the the big three, big three that we're going after and doing everything we can to, to promote and develop. And the interesting thing about that is that, you know, there was nobody in Wyoming really knew what advanced reactors were we're about. Um, we've we've had a tremendous uh, relationship and development with Idaho National Labs, and they've helped us understand that uh, the opportunity is much larger than it looks like at face value. It's not just a reactor. It's not just electrons. It is um, fuel cycle value chains, manufacturing value chains, uh, low emissions or zero emissions. Um, carbon-based products, things like that, is really where the, the massive potential actually lies. So it's a very steep learning curve. Um, we're doing the best we can to uh, understand that opportunity as well, but it's incredibly exciting. And it, again, it, it aligns with what we're trying to do at the energy strategy. Yeah. Well, that's quite a few different avenues that we can dive into. I want to go back to... Um, you know, we'll, we'll do a quick rundown. You know, I think I would tell listeners go to our first interview because we kind of really hit the carbon capture and the sequestrian pretty hard. But, um, those, like you said, are about to have some big announcements. And I think, um, we do need to kind of cover like why that's important. And, uh, you did hit on, I think the most important thing is it, um, uh, you, you know, we were kind of holding on as a state and we got those kind of big, um, um, uh, projects and, and we're going to see the fruit of those, but kind of, uh, walk through somebody that might not know the differences between the two and why those are important for, um, you know, Wyoming's, uh, quote unquote legacy industries and how we can, you know, you kind of already mentioned carbon products, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. So but when we were trying to understand the energy strategy before we had it even started on the energy strategy, we, we called it phase zero because we were not, we wanted to understand really what was happening in the energy sector in Wyoming, right? And and when you you look at Wyoming, it is a it is an energy exporter. We export ninety percent of the energy produced ends up in a different state in a different consumer base. Um, interestingly enough, uh, natural gas into California is actually our most important most important in terms of money returned. Mm. Uh, is our biggest market, biggest geo commodity market, natural gas into California. Uh, the next biggest is coal into Texas. <clears throat> and if you might imagine you know, those two markets, California and Texas are quite different, right? <laughs> um, natural gas and coal are quite different commodities, actually. Uh, yes. they, they certainly have similar behaviors in terms of price um, performance, but there are different things with different beasts as well. Um, but uh, if you dig in in terms of looking at uh, consumption trends along those two two product lines, it doesn't matter where you the top two markets or the top five markets or top ten markets doesn't matter. Is the the wherever you are, there's a majority of consumers, whether it's an individual level or or a corporate level, industrial level, the majority of consumers in those markets have uh, have an established um, demand for low emissions energy and that it's increasing. Okay, so in California, it might not surprise you, it's something like 80%, right? 80% of people want low emissions energy. Mm -hmm. Texas, it's much lower, but it's still majority. It's like 54% or so. So, um, and it doesn't matter where you look, it's a ubiquitous position that that's what consumers want. And um, so that becomes a problem because Wyoming has a hydrocarbon-based energy economy. But we have to be cognizant that our consumers want low emissions energy. Mm -hmm. So, so the problem becomes how to. And also, they want generally they want uh, another little compounding issue is that they want um, the energy in the form of electrons because of electric vehicles and things like that. So, for Wyoming, our our problem statement is how does Wyoming take a resource base that is that is in the form of solids, liquids, and gases, 
and typically hydrocarbon based, not always, but typically hydrocarbon based liquids, solids, gases, and to continue to deliver that energy into markets that want decarbonized electricity. Right. So that's the problem, right? Mm -hmm. How do you do that? And that basically brings us down to the three big initiatives. Carbon capture and utilization and storage is really the biggest opportunity in town for preserving the ex preserving the ability for our hydrocarbon resources to still access those markets. And we have to figure that out today. That's our number one deal is we, get, we have to deploy that technology today because tomorrow is too late. Mm-hmm. So that's a big one. Um, it's also uh, a bigger issue than just thermal coal, right? That it, we have pursued CCUS for thermal coal for decades and uh, but that's not the problem, right? Problem people don't want um, CCUS, they want low emissions energy. So CCUS can be used in many different ways. It's not just bolting it on to a coal-fired power station to scrub the CO2 um, in traditional sense, which we've pursued many times, uh, but it's also things like uh, hydrogen from natural gas also needs carbon capture utilization storage. Even bioenergy with carbon capture uh, utilization storage is viable in that context. So it's much broader, but we have to figure that one out today. Yeah. Take care. You take care of CCUS, then the hydrocarbon resources can still access the market. It also allows uh, the perhaps you know the one of the big three natural gas to continue to be relevant as well because natural gas is an incredibly good feedstock for hydrogen production, provided you can do something with the CO two. Right, so take care of the CCUS, and that allows hydrogen to become a big deal in the state and everything associated with it. Um, hydrogen is really interesting. If you're anticipating your next question, hydrogen is really important because um, it does provide that ability to provide energy to it to our consumers in a form that satisfies that need. Right, decarbonize electricity. All right. Electricity is, does not equal hydrogen, but hydrogen is readily converted to electricity. Right. It's, in, it's easy to transport. So that's why it's interesting. You can decarbonize it. Uh, you can do very interesting things with fuel cells. You can do very interesting things in terms of synthetic um, or synthesizing carbon-based um, products as well. So going into ethylenes and plastics and all sorts of fascinating stuff, provided you have zero emissions hydrogen. So you, anybody who reads a newspaper or checks the internet nowadays is probably almost certainly and has a passing interest in energy would have noticed a lot of things going on with hydrogen in the nation and globally, actually. And it's um, perhaps the greatest uh, growth opportunity for energy sector in general um, that has come around, been around for decades, right? It's the biggest opportunity of decades because it does give that opportunity for that hydrocarbon-based energy economy that characterizes Wyoming, many other nations, and, and everything else across the world, it, it it is a pathway that can get us there um, without impacting our standard of living or the well-being of our citizens. Right. Um, then, so that's the second one. Do CCS first. That enables hydrogen, and in the back end, advanced nuclear comes in, and, and a re- also that those same individuals have a passing interest in energy would have also noticed there's a fair amount of interest in nuclear now, and it's growing. And that's simply because uh, you're disregarding a bit, um, you know, the very real uh, and reasonable as concerns around safety and, and spent fuel. Um, nuclear energy is incredibly high quality, uh, high quality heat, high quality electricity, with zero emissions. So that fits very, very well into a future economy where you need that. Uh, and if you if you have low emissions electricity right next to low emissions hydrogen and you have excess CO2 in the system, then that opens up an enormous opportunity in terms of those synthesized products that I mentioned earlier. Right. Uh, and then you start to have zero emissions plastics, things like that. So, oh, wow. Yeah, very a lot of potential. Um, of course, a lot of capital. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, but that's uh, seems like doesn't seem to be a big issue at the moment. Uh, both public and private um, 
forces are, are combining here and, and moving forward in the right way. Right. Which um, if I, um, and um, maybe it's Friday after, maybe there is beer in here because I'm just sort of rambling at the moment, but <laughs> it's really, it's for somebody who's worked in the energy industry for a long time and has had, has been working on um, these if systems efficiencies and carbon mitigation, all that sort of story for a decade or more. Today is like Christmas every day because you're finally seeing um, all these players come together, uh, recognizing that something has to be done, right? They're, they're seeing that there's a, it's a three body problem, energy, environment, and economics. And they're all tackling this problem at the same time, trying to get it figured out. Uh, and it's, it's very exciting time to be working in the energy sector. Yeah. Especially in Wyoming, you know, I think, um, as you said, this is a great opportunity for us to uh, kind of capitalize on, um, you know, our resources that we have. Um, yep. y- you know, a part of the strategy. It's coal, right? It also yeah. just to, sorry to interrupt you. It's also coal, which sometimes gets ignored. The hydrogen opportunity. Uh, Wyoming has twenty five percent of the nation's existing feedstock, material feedstock for hydrogen production, in wow. the form of coal, natural gas and renewable power, okay? So hydrogen is a pathway to preserve our massive coal resource as well, which is sometimes lost in the noise, but I wanna make that point on this on this discussion. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you, you know, following on that, you know, so, you know, you're, you're what is WEA's um, uh, future for Wyoming, you know, utilizing all these things? You kind of mentioned it, the energy future and, um, I've had some other energy guests on about, you know, the, the, you know, uh, oil field of the future where we're combining all these different things together. Um, you know, since we're a couple years now into the strategy, what you're kind of hitting on some manufacturing, you know, some, you know, zero emission plastics. Um, is that kind of what we should be, what, what should, uh, be Wyoming's goal? Yeah, I mean, I think it is. It's, uh, you know, if you look at the energy sector and not just the energy sector in Wyoming, many of the other um, sectors are very, very primary resource based, uh, very short, very linear value chains. You know, they extract it, put on a rail car and ship it to ship it to Texas. Right. They characterizes so many different things, parts of the Wyoming economy overall. Uh, the beef industry is the same. Forestry industry, the same. Mm-hmm. Right. There's very, very primary based. And so that means that there's very, very little opportunity for value add, which means that, you know, even though we're exporting 200 plus million tons of coal, it's actually a, in terms of return to the state, it's it kind of miserly. It's, it's, it's not as much money as it should be, you know, that, that that's our resource. And why aren't we getting a lot more money for it? Right. The reason is we just ship it out of there and get rid of it. Mm-hmm. So, one big opportunity around this whole transformation is that you get beyond those simple linear value chains into much a much more integrated system right and those integrating aspects are co2 and hydrogen if you ha- incorporate those two molecules into that system then you have uh, you create uh, mechanisms for the siloed um, resources to start working in a much more integrated system and you get further and further and further up that value chain and you get a lot more money back for the products that are coming out of uh, Wyoming's resource base. So things like, yeah, hydrogen is a value added product for, for renewables and for natural gas, right? Uh, synthetic natural gas itself would be an added value, a value added proper property. Those low emissions uh, plastics, for example, would be uh, a very perfect example of that, which needs, you're, you're talking about natural gas formed um, hydrogen, possibly the reformer powered by a renewable um, energy source, maybe a nuclear energy source. You're 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 scrubbing the CO2 out, and you either sequestering it, or you're actually maybe maybe actually having direct air capture, and you're capturing CO2 and using that, bonding it with the the hydrogen and and going up that into that uh, synthetic hydrocarbon chain as well. Yeah. And that's where the integration opportunity exists and that's where the value is. And it's sustainable, you know, and it's a, as you were kind of mentioning, it's, you know, could that could all be in Wyoming, you know, that, um, and then, and then, you know, or, or out further. So, um, well, that's fascinating. So, um, with, um, you've mentioned the sequestering and the capture, you know, and, 
uh, hopefully maybe we're going to have some bigger, uh, some bigger announcements. You know, um, you mentioned, uh, maybe some uncommon, um, techniques that might be coming around the corner. Are you able to kind of speak on that a little bit and, um, you know, what, um, yeah, well, I think there is a, I can only talk in general terms, uh, but yeah, there's, there's a ton, like I said, in the, when it, the, at the start, right. That, that request for proposal generated 17 proposals and something in the order of three or $400 million worth of capital uh, across those projects. And some of them were rather traditional. Some of them were rather innovative. Some of them were completely extremely innovative. Yeah. And um, the good thing about, yeah, we, unfortunately we could only, we could only support a certain number of them. Right. So sure. there were projects that were really high quality projects but we only have a certain amount of money and we can't support everything. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the infrastructure bill that's coming out of DC, I mentioned some of those big buckets, right? Large scale pilot programs, direct air capture programs, demonstration programs. And, uh, and they're, they're enormous. They're huge amounts of money. Um, There's just to give you an idea there, some of the, People are listening might be aware of the Dry Fork Station up in there north of Gillette and the integrated test center that's associated with it and the Carbon Safe program up there. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the ITC, there's a project run by MTR, uh, and they get they got $65 million out of a I think a total of a hundred million dollar pool Whoa. on the on a three-year-old um, DOE RFP for about a hundred million dollars for that technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the infrastructure bill has another bucket of money coming for that, for that same sort of model, right? Large scale pilot tests of capture technology. And instead of being a hundred million dollars, it's a billion dollars. Oh, right. So, it, so they, and there, I remember there were only like five applications to that first one for there's So there's, and they're now throwing 10 times the amount of money at it. So, you know, any, any number of those proposals that we received could simply Polish up their, polish up their application, and submit it into that um, into that pool. Yeah, and and you know Wyoming because we're going to get money perhaps from the ARP fund could possibly don't don't uh, don't come back and tell me that I said I would. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we might be able to support in terms of cost share as well. So um, there's a so that yeah. So at the same time, while it was disappointing that I can't support some of these RFPs. I'm looking forward to being able to support them in different ways and get some of those projects built out in the future through um, infrastructure money when it comes through. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And, and what you're saying, Glenn, is that uh, potentially, you know, uh, a lot, a lot of people have to make decisions on the last um, ARPA. Or, yeah. I think the ARPA funds, right. Is that what they're called um, through the state to, you know, the state might be able to help uh, yep. as you're saying, you know, yep. a lot of people got to make that decision before that gets to your desk. I would imagine. Um, well, that's yeah, yeah. Of my right? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's great to hear that Wyoming's, you know, uh, keeping an eye, you know, the WA and the, the state, um, is keeping an eye on, you know, how can we take advantage of some of these, uh, you know, federal, federal buckets, as you said, um, mm-hmm. now, um, you know, hydrogen, you know, I think, hydrogens is getting more attention, I think, but is there any, um, have there been any projects or proposals that, um, people of Wyoming should be aware of for, um, you know, any sort of hydrogen technology? Uh, yeah, I have to be careful, but there, there, um, last count I did, there were nine, about nine or 10 proposed projects and development in the state. Uh, ranging from in scale, anything between 100 million and 25 billion. Okay. Dollars. Uh, so massive projects, huge. Um, so the, and the but the ones that we can talk about, some of them that we've supported, like mentioned earlier, the uh, Black Hills project. Um, they're working with Tallgrass. Tallgrass has a natural gas uh, hydrogen project uh, based uh, around Douglas, I believe, mm-hmm. and it's supported by the DOE. <laughs> Uh, Williams companies have been very open about their intentions with respect to hydrogen. So they have a couple of projects in the works. Um, and then uh, there's a couple coming that we're, we're close to be able to sure. announce and talk about maybe only a week or two, probably. Oh, nice. Um, another blue hydrogen project that's under underway. 
and there's a very large sequestration project that is looking good as well. And then there's another hydrogen project um, under development um, shaping up for pursuit with this, this infrastructure money. So, um, yeah, there's a lot coming. And, and um, you know, I don't want to rain on the parade of the advanced nuclear. The advanced nuclear story was is awesome and it's amazing. We're really excited about it. Right? Yeah. But personally, there's a boatload more happening right now with respect to hydrogen. Mm-hmm. Hydrogen is far more now than the nuclear is. There's more projects in development. Uh, the timeline is shorter. Um, and that's that's actually where most of my interest is spent. I certainly do everything I can to support the nuclear side as well. But um, it, there's a lot of interest and a lot of activity in the hydrogen yeah, space. Yeah. And and let's talk about the Black Hills one. I feel like that one's probably the most the one we could probably talk about the most. Um, walk us through what that project is, because I think that, as you said, I think that's the most relevant. I think that's the one that, you know, action yeah. can happen now. Um, yep. And so it's in, it's associated with the Tallgrass project. So I'll talk about it in kind of collective terms here. Yes. So yeah, Tallgrass have that project with the DOE. They're going to um, do, uh, I can't remember the details. And I'll, I, so I'll, I'll be careful. And I don't want Tallgrass to call me up and say I misspoke. But <laughs> so there, I think it's based around Douglas and they're going to do that blue, natch, uh, blue hydrogen, so natural gas based. Um, I think the test might actually be gray hydrogen, so they're not going to do the capture just yet as they figure that piece out. Sure. But um, Black Hills is partnering with General Electric um, and uh, Torgrass is a partner on that one. And they're investigating the the ability for their, um, they have some natural gas combined cycle systems, uh, backup power, baseline power in um, in Cheyenne and they're going to test where see whether those uh, turbines can can run on a blend of mm. natural gas with hydrogen uh, and they also the intent because it's based out of Cheyenne is there's, there's a ton of natural um, wind power in the same area right so right. there's there's potential to switch back to either blue or green doesn't really matter it's going to be clean hydrogen ultimately um, and they're going to do a co-fired system there so it's challenging uh, because if you fire something with hydrogen, things have a tendency to get really, really hot. Mm. And um, there are associated challenges there. The hotter the turbine runs, the more issue you have potentially with uh, NOx and SOx, yeah. uh, so nitrous oxides and things like that. But this is a, it's an engineering challenge, uh, which is why they have having GE on the on the on the partnership is incredible right because um i used to work for ge and i love the company and uh there's no company better in the world at building turbines so Mm -hmm. they is an amazing partnership we're really excited to see them be successful with that one uh and also grow beyond that yeah take it to the next level and and uh, deploy today's episode is brought to you by fly sheridan operated by skywest airlines save time fly local fly sheridan They have a newly remodeled terminal and construction for additional parking underway. Sheridan is quickly becoming one of the busiest airports in the region. Book your direct flight to Denver today via united.com. Fly Sheridan. Back to the interview. Yeah. You know, I think you mentioned GE and, um, your time there. And I think, um, I think that's where Wyoming needs to see this potential. If this project goes off, you know, flawlessly and GE figures it out. I mean, that's, that's a global issue there where now, like you said, we can provide hydrogen and then, you know, GE's figured out, well, we can run power with hydrogen. Um, and then if, if people have the ability, like you said, mix it with renewable energy and you know what, you know, and so, you know, now we're in the sustainable talk, but, um, that's right. Yeah. And it's the same thing, like, you know, with nuclear, it's, uh, yeah, the world's everybody and globally is watching what's happening in Wyoming with respect to advanced reactors and molten salt, uh, fast breeder reactors and things like that, because it hasn't been done the way it's been done right uh, or be done has not been done anywhere and people are watching the same thing with this uh with the Bay, uh, black hills ge project is that that work will inform um global markets and on how this actually works or not so uh that's a you know again at the start it said you know people are watching what's going on in wyoming and with with positive view right they, they want to see how they want to see us be successful they think that what we're trying to do is um, is bold and it's uh, 
it's the way to do way to move forward and um you know getting getting a lot of support really getting a lot of support not only from neighboring states but um dc and various federal agencies are all trying to do to help us along and it's good yeah so we're not we're not fighting this in a in a vacuum all alone um which would be a disaster because wyoming's tiny right on the grandest scheme of things yep it's we we don't have the capacity to do this alone uh and it looks like we're not going to have to there's going to be plenty of um support coming from private and public uh, entities that's great to hear you know because you had we had mentioned you know i think you said we we have the ability was it 25 percent due due to uh our carbon coal and natural gas and oil you know we can supply in the or yeah supply in the states and then um our two biggest our two biggest uh um, clients are Texas and California. So it's great to hear that we've got major support. Um, yeah. you know, um, that's fascinating with hydrogen that, you know, like you said, that is, uh, something that I'm going to keep an eye on. Cause that is something that could be, you know, if they figure it out, that's, you know, a game changer quickly. Um, yeah. let's talk about, you know, cause the big story, like you said, the big story is the nuclear plant down there in Kemmer. Um, and it's a new, uh, as you've mentioned, it's a new reactor and, um, I know you're probably not an expert on it, but walk through, you know, why it's different, you know, why, you know, some of the myths of the old way reactors used to go, you know, they claim that this new system is going to be safer and, um, you know, more environmentally friendly. Um, and then any other benefits that comes with it for, uh, that area of Wyoming, cause it's going to be in Kemmer next to, um, I'm not sure what that power plant's called, but, um, yeah. Yeah. So you're right. I'm a geologist, right? Not a nuclear engineer. <laughs> so, um, the, but let me have a swing at it. Yes. <laughs> the big difference is, um, is really the scale. Uh, so the, um, you know, the, the big, uh, golden age of nuclear development was in the seventies ish, I guess. And they, they built these big light water reactors <clears throat> all over the country. Um, and they've got very good at it. But one thing that characterizes them is that they're huge, they're enormous. Mm. And the reason they went really, really big is that that's how they got the cost per megawatt down, right? Go for economies of scale and, you know, cost of megawatt is, is lower. So that's one big difference. Um, the the new reactors are smaller, and and TerraPower, the Natrium reactor, has an as a faceplate uh, or nameplate capacity of around 350 megawatts electric. Um, and then they have what is innovative is that it runs in a molten salt system, so they can actually heat the salt and it store it in a vessel like they assume and they can draw the heat off that molten salt um if if they need to boost the energy output and on the time they run that through a heat exchange and boost, boost the turbine so they they have the ability it's almost like a, a battery in some ways where mm. they can draw on extra capacity so that's the innovation of peace right gotcha um the the physics though uh is is decades old um they um, this, this fast breeder approach and everything else has been and molten salt reactors have been around, uh, from the sixties through the eighties, there was a test reactor at Idaho national labs, which ran for you know, a long, long time to test these things. So the physics are not new. Even the, the reactor design itself is not really new. Uh, the manufacturing and everything else is new. Sure. Right. But the actual, how does this thing work? It's not really new. And then that battery piece is new. Um, so the, the, um, this breeder reactor type, uh, they talk about things called passive safety. And uh, again, I'm a geologist, right? So don't quote me. Yep. <laughs> the way it's been explained to me is that the old, older reactors, light water reactors, the, the operators are kind of in a constant, um, effort to control what is happening. They're right. trying to keep the reaction at a certain level and they're actively doing it. And they have to have active, they have active cooling systems. So they're active, actively pumping water through the system to take the excess heat away. Uh, they have to actively shut it down by pulling out fuel rods, things like that. The new designs are, have a, have a complete paradigm shift in way that is designed so that the operators are constantly working to actually have a reaction. Right. And so 
So the, the old guys, they're trying to control the reaction. The new models, they're trying to actually have uh, make a reaction initiate. And so that the everything becomes passive. And, the, and again, it's been explained to me so that if, for example, the operators just stood up out of their chairs and walked off and everything and hands off things, eventually the reactor would just shut itself down. Ah. Um, if the cooling ex, um, system and it's passively cooled, so it's an air, basically a circulatory system. Right, right. But if that shut down, the reaction would also shut down. Something called uh, reactivity. What is it? The um, negative coefficient of thermal temperature reactivity. So, and again, geologists, not too bad, eh? Not too bad. <laughs> That's good. No, you're doing great. So, as that, what that means is that as it gets hotter, the reaction drops off. And it's it, some of the, the physics behind that are pretty simple. Is it as it gets hotter, it expands volumetrically, like you know, air expands as well. Consequently, the density decreases, the, and the neutrons are not hitting so many, and the, the reaction just sort of collapses. Gotcha. Um, the and then things like the simple things like having alloy plugs at the bottom of them that it reaches a certain temperature, the plug dissolves, or the reaction just flows out and disperses. Really simple designs. Uh, but just inherently safe, right? So the, the cooling system can shut down. What happens? The reaction shut down. Okay, the operators get fired and they all walk off the job and go and play golf. What happens? The reaction shuts down. And so it's it's a very interesting way that they design these things. Yeah. Well, and that, uh, I think yeah. how you described it, you know, the, 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 you know, the 70s way was, you know, size and power and, um, you know, having coolants. And I think that's the best way to describe it is they're trying to control it. Whereas now it's, we've kind of learned from that of it's easier just if we leave it alone, then it just passively shuts <laughs> off. Down. And yep. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. yep. So the, the modern, modern, why they're so small, right? And natrium yep. is actually one of the bigger designs nowadays at 350 um, electric is one of the larger designs. Right, right. Everything else is actually smaller than that. And the reason they're doing that is that you mentioned that they, in the, in the past, they went big for economies of scale, right? That was how they did it. In the future, they want to go to more towards the manufacturing efficiency. So they build the same reactor over and over and over and over and over again. Gotcha. And uh, the, the model T Ford approach, right. And get the cost down that way. Mm -hmm. So these are almost standardized, uh, reactor systems that they just build many of them. And, uh, we're talking like some of the, the models, the business models we've seen, they're talking about building hundreds, perhaps even thousands of them. Wow. And, um, it's incredible. So the, the tech that we've seen have been shown is that you could have some of the reactor designs would fit in the back of your F-150 <laughs> and, and run for 10 years. Wow. And then, and the idea is that they ship it out there, they plant it on site. It generates, I, think, I can't remember these system. I think that model is like 200 kilowatts or something. Sure. And it does that continuously, passively for 10 years. <laughs> and then they back a truck up and pick it up and take it back and, and refurbish it, refuel it and ship it out again. Wow. So, uh, and then everything in between is up for consideration as well. Wow. Okay. And so yeah, really, really fun topic to get deep on. Yeah. Uh, cool. You know, when you said manufacturing, I was, I went a different direction. So I see what they mean by that, you know, going, can, uh, being completely scale, you know, scalable from large 300, you know, 50 to all the way to a, to a vehicle. Um, wow. That's yeah. crazy. Um, it is, it is really crazy. When you get into some of the stuff, it just is like mind blowing. This yeah. The creativity of thought about some of these things is just incredible. Mm -hmm. How does, um, you know, this would be long-term and, and these will kind of be my last couple questions for you. You know, um, I think I asked you this last time, but you know, now you've, we've got the blue hydrogen going, the carbon capture and sequester projects are really rolling and even can get more steam if, if the federal infrastructure stuff comes through. But, um, you know, for this year, um, especially with the Craig report, um, it is kind of due to supply and demand, you know, prices are back up, but, um, for yeah. this year, Glenn, what, what do you expect to see from Wyoming's energy? Um, and then, um, you know, uh, in five, 10 years, you know, what should, um, what are kind of your goals for Wyoming, um, on, on these topics we've kind of hit on today? Yeah. 
So yeah, the Craig report is interesting and uh, yet it's fascinating to watch, right? It's, especially if you get into a conversation about why those prices are going up, it's, right. kind of, it's quite interesting as well, but <laughs> it's not going there today. In, in the short, it's, uh, yeah, things are looking much better, right? And you even see, um, you're watching what's happening at, through the legislature and the Joint Appropriations Committee. It's a whole, things have changed. You know, they spent the last three or four or five years just fighting, you know, and trying to find ways to have sustainable expenditure at the state level. Yes. Um, and last year got pretty brutal, right? Where the year before it got really brutal. Yep. And then now things seems to be a little bit perkier. And, you know, I would, I do not envy a legislator that they have the hardest job in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but anyway, it does seem like they've turned a page and people are starting to look forward now a bit more and not be so defensive because they have that opportunity, right? They have the opportunity with uh, a lot of transformative sort of ideas coming into the state, uh, transformative products and projects. Um, there's a little bit of um, health in the budget so they can actually invest a bit more um, have other money like the ARP money and then potentially infrastructure money. So things are looking better. Um, so this year, uh, I, I expect a lot of announcements. There'll be a lot of new projects uh, announced this year. Everything from uh, carbon, most I suspect sequestration, yeah. um, not necessarily capture, but sequestration certainly. Uh, there'll be a bunch of hydrogen announcements for sure. Uh, and uh, there's possibility you'll be here some more interesting nuclear announcements. Okay. Maybe. Um, there'll be things like rare earth elements. There'll be another things, uh, critical minerals. There should be some good stuff. So you'll, yeah, there'll be a, it'll be a news heavy year, I think. Yeah. And there'll be a lot of, just a lot of effort at the state level. What are we going to be doing? We're going to be working our tails off trying to, you know, we, we've got the strategy. Okay. That's behind us. It's yep. a good base. It's a foundation, right? Now let's get these initiatives going. Let's make sure that these, these projects and these project proposals are successful. Let's make sure that we, uh, we as a state are successful with infrastructure money and that we don't let those opportunities slip, slip through the cracks. Right. So that's what we're going to be working on. Um, even longer term, five years, same thing I told you last year. Uh, Wyoming is going to be great. It's going to be fine. Um, not saying that it's not going to be tough at times, right? right. It's, it's this is a transform transformation. It's going to be some uh, some days that it's like ugh, you know back to the grind stuff again, and there'll be some there'll be certainly more bad news coming as well. Mm -hmm. But longer term, if we keep following this vision of to transform the energy economy, let's take let's grab hold of these opportunities and go hard at them. Um, Wyoming's in good shape. And I suspect we'll do, we'll do just fine. Wonderful. Well, it's great to hear that, um, you know, th that foundation set and then, you know, that the legislators and, and, you know, and I, I, uh, congratulate them and the governor about, like you said, turning the page, you know, like, you know, we're, we're still using our legacy industries, but now like it's time to, like you said, this is the year for, you know, get those announcements out, get those projects in, you know, let's start getting to work on some of this innovative tech. Um, oh shoot. Just had a question and then I lost it. Um, Oh, um, for people that, um, maybe have concerns or they have some questions, um, on some, some of these announcements that might be coming out. Um, you know, the WEA, WEA is pretty involved on almost many of these projects so they can reach out to your guys's office correct and um I, I wouldn't recommend maybe calling you guys up but they can come and ask questions and get some concerns yes from your guys's office absolutely yeah that is you know we are not a proponent we're which we we do the best we can to be credible and impartial mm. so we'll tell you the the good and the bad of anything that's going on and, and not sugarcoat things either. Just like I said about the future, right? Yeah. The future is going to be fine, but we're going to have some pain in the, on the ways. Um, I'm not going to hide, hide anything from you. Um, there, I mentioned also about nuclear, right? There are some very real and very reasonable concerns about safety and other things. And, and that's, that's fair to ask that question. And we'll, you know, we might not be the expert, but we can find the experts to answer your questions directly. Yeah. And, do a lot of that with outreach. We had a uh, nuclear 
101 uh, webinar, whatever that was, uh, last month. So we try to do that role. And uh, yeah, so feel free. And yeah, call, go ahead and call me. I don't mind. Yeah. Um, it's, it's okay. Leave me an email. Uh, leave me a voice message. Um, that's why we're here. Yep. That's the mission. And, um, as you mentioned, I think, you know, get on your guys's website or, and you guys have a newsletter too, about, you know, you guys did a nuclear one one you know, like, you know, let's brush up on a little bit of the physics and the science. Um, you know, um, and like you mentioned throughout this interview, you know, the nuclear got all the press, but you know, really our eyes should be on maybe hydrogen, you know, if, if, if some, some dominoes really fall there, like that could be, you know, a game changer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and again, it, just in case anybody who's a big nuclear fan is out there, I'm a big fan of it, of it as well. What I'm trying to say is that there's there's other stuff which is, you know, just as big, just as interesting, just mm-hmm. as cool, and it's happening now. Yeah, right. It's it's not in seven years, so that nuclear opportunity is incredible, and uh, we're going to do everything we can for that, help them be successful as well. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, keep keep reading the newspaper. There's going to be some good stuff coming. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, well, Glenn, um, we're almost at an hour. Um, I do want to let you have an opportunity. Um, do you guys have any events coming up for the beginning of the year or webinars? Um, yeah, we will be, um, no, well, so the very early stage will be busy, right? There's yep. a lot of um, planning and stuff going on. It's the budget session starting. One thing we do, intended put together maybe towards the <clears throat> probably we're probably looking at second quarter now so you know spring spring early summer mm-hmm. would be to uh hold a or convene a um a conference okay. i don't know what the name of it would be but it will be, bring the industry people that are actually talking and doing a lot of these projects uh whether it's nuclear hydrogen ccus whatever it is uh, bring them all together to to present on their projects, do a little bit of facilitated networking and everything else. It will absolutely be a public meeting. Um, it'll probably be very, very cheap. Uh, you know, we'll probably have to pay it, charge a little bit, but right. uh, we want to have um, promote participation in this event. So, yeah, keep an eye out for that. Wonderful. Um, we haven't figured it out yet, but keep an eye out for that one. Yeah, that, it's tough getting all those people together and, and coordinating, uh, you know, after COVID, everyone's running conferences and running. <laughs> um, sure. Well, that's great to hear. Um, and um, I, I, my last question, because you brought it up and that was my question I forgot earlier. Um, is there anything in the legislation that's or in the legislature coming up that um, you know, you don't have to say if you support or against it, but, um, just some things you guys are keeping an eye on that, um, you know, uh, uh, yeah. people aren't really yeah. aware of. Um, not so, not so much. I mean, it is a budget session, so that'll dominate everything. There yeah. will certainly be, uh, bills hit the floor, uh, but I'm not really aware of what's coming down that path. Um, I'd keep an eye out very much on the, uh, American recovery plan act, uh, funding, uh, yeah. that will be dispersed consequent to actions that in the legislature. So, so yeah, budget, obviously yeah. ARP money's secondly, certainly, um, and then, um, yeah, I'm not, no, honestly, I'm not sure what else is going to hit the floor. Uh, that's usually a good thing. If there's nothing on your radar, that's, that means they're, they're focused yeah. on the budget, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah. I wouldn't hold my breath. Yeah. I'm sure there'll be something I have to go, Ooh, uh, at, but we'll, <laughs> we'll see about that when it comes. Good. Well, awesome. Well, perfect. Well, um, Glenn, thanks for your time again. It's always great to get your information and you're, you're always good to listen to. And, um, you know, uh, people should reach out to you if they have questions or concerns and the Wyoming energy authority, um, stay warm down there. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's that late winter season here in Wyoming. So <laughs> everyone yeah. stay warm. So you bet. Uh, yeah, it's always a pleasure, Aaron. So, uh, maybe, maybe we'll make this a, an annual thing. Yes. Come back again. Yeah. yeah. I'd love that. I think it's good for Wyoming, you know, for all our industries and everything like that to always be up to date what's going on. So, um, absolutely Glenn. And if, um, uh, maybe we'll catch you at the session or maybe the conference in the spring, if, if that comes to fruition. So we'd love to be yeah. there. Hope so. Yeah, it'd be great. Awesome. Well, thanks Glenn. Thanks for your time on a Friday and we'll, we'll uh, catch everyone next time. All right. Thanks mate. Take it easy. Yep. You too. Bye.